why this particular translation spelled poor this way, but you poor, and it spelled it, and none of y'all can't see it, but I want to say it to you, P-O-R-E. I just don't understand that. You pour over the scriptures because you presume that by then you possess eternal life. They are the very words that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So again, there are a lot of times people come to church and they, they read the Bible, but they never ask God about living and what things I should do and how I should live my life. You know, you can, you can run into several people and they know the Bible back and forth, but are not living for God. They're not serving God at all. They know the scriptures. They can argue with you about the scriptures. They can tell you, but because they won't ask God, okay, God, what would you have me do? They are stuck there. Jai, you can, you can turn that off. Um, they are uh, they're in that place. And he says, yeah, you, you, you presume that's going to get you to heaven. Or, or they'll say something like, well, I don't go to church. I don't go around, you know, other Christians because, you know, I, I don't believe in that because I've read the scriptures and I'm close to God anyway. But Jesus is saying right here, if you're not coming to me to have life, you're presuming you may be in heaven when you may not be. I mean, that's what the verse is saying. You presume you presume to possess eternal life because you read something, right? I, and God is about how you live and what, what do you live? And I'm not talking about being perfect. He's talking about being in relationship with him, right? Because if we got to be perfect, then we all need to shut it down and let's go get pancakes somewhere, right? Because it's not about that. And oh, by the way, y'all tell Myra happy birthday. The birthday was yesterday, wasn't it? Right? Yeah, young Myra. Uh, I will not say her age because I don't know it. And so we're going to stay at that. Just say she's 20 something to me. Um, but, but again, we cannot go with just head knowledge. And if, it, if it, it's head knowledge when it hadn't hit our hearts, so we would follow it. That's when you know it's just in our heads. Because when it's in our heart, we don't no longer just give the information. We have a life that demonstrates that information, right? It's, it's loaded obedience. I'm, I'm loaded to do that. And even as they were singing that, I already got next Sunday's sermon that's going to go in with this. And I thought, oh, that's good. So we need to know the scriptures. And knowing them should lead to relying on God in everything we do in life. And, and if we're not relying on God, we're lying to ourselves, Right. The one guy goes, if you go into your prayer closet and you and you pray and you come back as angry as you were when you went in, you didn't go in to pray. You went in to complain. And that's not a prayer clause. That's a negotiation table. See, because if you go in there with the attitude, God, I just want to spend time with you. The answer is my fellowship with Christ. That God holds me. God's going God's gonna to keep me. God's going to be the one. So if we are just uh, going to know uh, them and not pursue God, if we're only just going to know scriptures and not pursue God's will for our life, uh, we'll end up using scripture for, uh, for opinion and not relationship with God. Right. And this was a catching. I mean, it catches all of us and, and me included, where if someone wants to go back and forth with scripture, because the Bible tells you clearly not to argue, but you can state what the word says without getting into a fight about it. And the best way to state it is live it, right? Because if you say it right and don't live it, you got gear but no game, right? The little kid, y'all seen the people that know how to dress but can't play? Got all the latest equipment but got no, they got to sit on the sidelines. Coach can't put them in the game, but they look good. They look like they should be on the all-star team, right? But they can't play. They got gear but no game, 
right? And, and, and too many times we got Bibles, but no lifestyle, no trust, right? There's more fear than faith. There's more doubt than belief. And, and that's holding something that, that's in your hand, and, and you can be able to produce that at all times. We can give case in point, Matthew 4, 1 through 4, Satan, when he was tempting Jesus, he was giving Jesus scripture that he knew about. He was actually giving him verses. The devil, y'all know he ain't going to heaven, but he was giving verses, right? He was like, if you throw, it says if you throw yourself down, you'll be protected from the rocks. And Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every, man should not live, right, by bread alone, which means we still need bread. He said, just not that by itself, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So it's not just bread, but it is by every word that proceedeth out of God's mouth. So if righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, that's the kingdom of God, two of those are feeling peace and joy. But it's that first one that leads to those righteousness peace and joy that leads to those and in Romans 14 and it's like that's the way that's the that's the Holy Spirit but Satan comes to Jesus he's attacking him he's attacking him with verses how many of you guys ever been attacked with verses right after you make a mistake you've been attacked with verses scriptures you do the you fight yourself I know y'all want to look like I don't even have an enemy that show up I can do my own damage right I can be I'm MMA on me Right? And we beat ourselves up. Uh, and, and, and even like, we're, we're, and you use the verses that was meant to encourage you and, yes, promote obedience, but not to beat you down. It was to lift you up, to encourage you, to bring. So I, I want you to load up obedience. In order to load up obedience, I got to load up with joy and I got to load up with the word, but I got to load up with living it. I got to load up with living it. I got to load up with, with my life should be pursuing it actively. Like, I don't, did y'all not hear Pastor Rita say a relationship takes work? Y'all notice she said it three times? Like, the people going to think we got some issues here at the house if you don't do that. <laughs> but it does take work. We love when people go, I just can't wait to get married. It's going to be perfect. And that's all I'm going to say. That's, that's it. Because we're trying to keep people together and not drive them apart. Uh, but it does. It takes work. And, and it takes the fact that uh, one thing Pastor Rita and I do not do is attack each other with verses. You know what I mean? We don't scripturally put one another down. Well, the Bible says this. You know, because I, we could, we'll be up all night. Because she knows almost as much as I do. Almost. But here's the deal. Many people can actually quote scriptures and debate them, but no fellowship with God or the body of Christ. And they believe to possess eternal life. So Jesus saying that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of mouth was a message to all of us that seeking God for life is knowing scripture. That don't mean you're not supposed to know the verses. You're supposed to know the verses. But if you know them, if you read like in, in Adam and Eve, when it says in Adam knew Eve, then there was a baby. So knowing meant more than just, I know your name, right? Adam knew Eve, a child. So when God says to know you, there's an intimacy there that should give birth to something. We were just praying this morning about change my wants, change, change what I want. I, I tend to want the wrong thing. I tend to want the things in my idle time. I, I want to want you more than I want to recover from whatever. 
right? I want Jesus to be part of my recovery program. I want him to be a part of the plan that I work for. So it is, it is those things that know in the scripture. So knowing about the verse without seeking God is the message, is, is the same relationship as you've heard this one, right? I love them, but I'm not in love with them right there are a lot of people love god but they're not in love with god and the in love is like i don't want to walk with him but i love him i love him which doesn't make sense to me but i love him i'm just not in love with him but other people love the concept of going to heaven they're just not in love with it here so thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven heaven heaven. I want to be in love. I need to have this in love. And, and again, you'll find out whether you're in love by your reactions, right? We know how to act like a Christian. How many of us know how to react like a Christian? Don't raise your hand. Just because sometimes our reactions tell the real devil, I mean the real spirit <laughs> that's in us. I love the Lord. Don't you ever cut me off. Like the worship song, you got to turn it up louder, right? That's humanity, right? And God came for us, for us to know that we need to rely on him. Because the minute you think you got it all together, you realize you're further apart than what you are. So I love that. I love that. I mean, just, just even the attitude of worship. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? The Lord thy God is one God, right? I need my mind to hear just one thing. When I put my head down, I need my mind to hear just one thing. God, I love you. That's it. You got to just like, no, we're going to be single. We're going to do like the elementary kids. You, if you guys haven't been to an elementary kids school in a while, you need to go back just to watch them have to get in line. Like they just know, like some of them you get out of order, but some of them like, it'll freak you out watching elementary kids get in line. Gets me every time. You see them there. If I, I speak at a middle school, high school, when they come in, they loud, like, ah, and screaming. Elementary kids come into the cafeteria. Like they've been threatened with life. And you'll get one, the one that's out of order will do this is as worse as it gets. He'll and put his hand back in his pocket. Like he won't be like, high school kid, can I come hug you? No, I haven't even started yet. You don't even know if you're going to like me at the end of this. You may be the one running from it, but to watch them walk in, it's like, it'll freak you out. To watch them get in order. And remember, I remember I used to could do that. I remember I used to could walk, into, walk in a straight line. I was that one, though. I was that one that was waving and trying to make the line curve. Anybody that tried to do a conga line with the line the teacher tell you to walk the deal? And I'd be like, dun, 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 dun. but I got better because they would threaten to call mama. Faith arrives through hearing, right? I cannot believe something I have not heard, right? So faith arrives. It, it shows up by hearing. It grows when we continue to hear, right? So if I heard it and I got faith when I heard it, now I have to continue hearing. What is the best way to continue to hear something? To live it, right? The only way I'm going to be able to continually hear it is I got to continually live it, right? And then go back and then I can read it again. And then I live it and I read it again because faith comes by hearing and then hearing by the word of God, right? The word of God, the word is life. John 6, 63, my words are spirit and they are life. When there is no life to it, it becomes something I heard, not something I'm continuing to hear. I need faith, right? And it comes by hearing. 
It is the living word of God. So hearing faith on a daily basis creates a hunger to know God more and more. Living by faith is hearing by faith, and that which was heard but never lived, it dries up, right? I remember one time I heard, but it was never lived. If you've ever taken a foreign language class and you no longer can speak it, there's one reason why you can't speak it anymore, because you don't speak it, right? You'd have to continue speaking it, because then what you practice becomes permanent, it may not be perfect, but it'll become permanent. It'll become part of your language, part of your vocabulary. Uh, Matthew 26, uh, where Jesus is in the garden, 40 through 42, is where he said, uh, this is where you know he'd been hearing and hearing and hearing, because when the pressure hit him, he said, if this cup could pass from me, yet not my will, but thy will be done. Right? The storm, the problem is coming, but it's what you're loaded with is how you're going to respond. And if you're loaded with obedience, not my will, but thy will be done. Not the problem, but thy will be done. Not, not what's going on, but thy will be done. Because he was so loaded with obedience. And, and even as it's going back and, and like just diving into Genesis like, like this mad person that has studying that how Jesus was a part of creation. And what God had to do to make sure we get restored to that was that we, we have to look at the fact of what Jesus was. And he says, I and the Father are one. Right. And he was so loaded that when that pressure hit, even though he asked if this could pass from me. Now, don't, don't get upset with yourself because you're asking. But God is not about taking away. He wants you to be so loaded with obedience that you can go through it and not have to run from it. Right. Take this away, God. No, I want you to take it away and go through it and go forward. I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to go through anything. Please read the Bible. It was real faith that Jesus heard. He heard it over and over. So problems cannot burn out scriptures, cannot burn out scriptures that were never lived, or they can burn out scriptures that were never lived. Problems will burn them out. Problems will make you believe that God doesn't do it anymore. If, if they're not lived, you'll start to think, well, that's not for me. Blessing's not for me. All that stuff Pastor Reed was talking about, that's, that's beyond me. Good marriage, good fellowship, good family, good walk. That's not for me. I'm, I'm supposed to be addicted, abused, whatever. Because it burns out if it's not lived. Right? It just, it burns out. I was thinking, thinking in, in, in the sense of what is it that I no longer do anymore that I still have passion for? And, and really, I couldn't think of anything. Because if I had passion for it, I'd still be doing it. Now, I love baseball, but I ran out of passion at 38 years old and three kids. It was time to release that ain't nobody signing 38-year-old men. It's 104 in August. And I would, Brad, I preach with my baseball suit underneath my suit and leave here, go straight to the game out the church and watching people fall out. Because we were old, catching cramps. Have to, who comes out of the game because of a cramp? The catcher caught a cramp. We had to stop the game because of a cramp, because we was old. It was time to pass that baton on. We was old. I remember standing out there thinking, what am I doing? Everybody else at the house, cool, and I'm sweating. I used to lose 11 pounds every game when I would pitch. I ain't healthy. 
couldn't even get in the car. You just catch cramps everywhere. But I love that sport, but God says that now that season's over. It's done. Move on. Move on. I got something else for you to love. Uh, three of them, in fact. Actually, four, <laughs> including Rita. Got something else for you to love. Got something else for you to drive and be passionate about. Quit wearing your uniform under your suit. Who are you serving? That was a rough ride back home. Rough ride. They go, you coming next? Nope, I'm done. I've officially retired. So people can turn into a cycle of quoting scripture when they're trying to run from problems. And, and when you're in a, a spin cycle of quoting, you reveal to yourself you're no longer living because it's just now just words. You're just speaking stuff, right? Uh, it is lived. No situation can drive it out when it's lived. No situation can drive it out. John chapter 14, verse 1. And if you guys go back and, and, and see in the other sermons where I did a whole bunch of things, uh, several sermons on, on the heart, this verse just kept coming up. And it's the same here when it says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, but I love this part. Believe also in me. You know, that when they start to do all these surveys and statistics about how many people believe in God, but don't believe in Jesus. Right? They believe in higher powers, but don't believe Christ is a part of it. And he says, but if you believe in God... You should also believe in me or your heart's going to be in trouble, right? It's going to be divided, divided. And he became the living word. If you read further down in verse 14, and the Bible says, uh, I mean, John 1, 1, where it says, in the beginning was word and words with God. And down further along in there, I believe it's verse 6, and the word became flesh and dwelt among men. Has the Bible become so in tune and so attached to you where it dwells among the people that you live around? Like it said, it became flesh. Like imagine a scripture just taking on being, and that's what Jesus was. It was the word that took on flesh and dwelt among us and was able to die before us. Like, it, I, it, if, if, like if your prayer is, God, I want to be better at whatever, and then pray, let that word become so in tune to my flesh that it'll, I'll live it before people. You know what I mean? Like, let it be. If I really want to be peaceful, if I really want to quit arguing, Lord knows I need to. Lord knows I need to quit. You, you should not walk up on your pastor and engage in a conversation with someone that looks like we're about to have a fist fight. Right? It just shouldn't be that way where I'm like, and the Lord loves you, you idiot. You know, it's not right. Something's wrong. <laughs> I don't go that far. But what, I, what God was showing me was, will you let the word work? Because sometimes we try to act like we're a mechanic, Mr. Goodwrench. But I got to let God's word work. He says, so let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God and believe also in me. So what I was saying about the heart, give your heart permission to love again. Give your heart permission to forgive yourself. Give your heart permission to let things go. Give your heart permission to be okay. Sometimes we won't permit our heart. We'll guard it. We won't let it. But we won't permit it to go out to be blessed, to be healed, to be, to be worry-free. you got to give it permission. So Jesus wants us to go beyond knowing God. He wants us to be about God. A lot of people know God, but they're not about God. And we want to be about God. This verse takes us from just a label to living like God is able. Right? I don't want to just be the Christian. I want to live Christ-like. Right? Because now if I'm just the Christian, I'm just, I just have a label. When I am Christ-like, that means God is able, right? That means God takes on that, that meaning, that purpose, and that livelihood of us 
And now we're not just seat-sitting people. We are life-living under the authority of God. So that's God's presence. That's God's will. That's his purpose for our life. He came here to have a relationship. So God is able and empowers us to walk through struggles instead of sitting around waiting for God to take them away. Right? I don't know about you guys, but I've asked God to take some stuff away, and he hasn't. The Apostle Paul said that he prayed three times that the Lord delivered, and he didn't hear nothing. And it stayed right there. And maybe the thing you're dealing with, you're asking the wrong prayer. You're asking for it to be gone instead of for you to go through and be victorious so that it can be a testimony instead of something waiting for the next generation. I do believe that what we go through and get delivered from in the midst of stops the generation after us from having to deal with it. It's not the only reason, but it, some, we're made for such a time as this. Our future is in the hands of the voice we choose to listen to and follow. Tomorrow is in the hands of the voice that you choose to listen to and follow. Right? And if I, if, I mean, again, if, if I don't choose to listen to God, whatever voice I choose to listen to, that's what tomorrow is going to hold. And we have people like, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Then listen to him. Since he got tomorrow and you want to know about that day, I think it was, it was Stephen Furtick said he was in Australia and like, I think they're a day ahead of us. And as he was talking to his kids, I think it was a, he was, he was there, it was Wednesday, his kids, Tuesday, his kids asked him, God, what's tomorrow going to be like? Because they thought he already lived it since it was a day ahead. But God has lived it. So we can go before God. He can give us our tomorrow. And I, and I believe that, that as we trust in him. But it depends on what I listen to. If, if, if Pastor Rita and I, Pastor Rita, Pastor Rita, there's no R, two R's in her name. Pastor Rita and I are, are in, 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 engaged in some intense fellowship. What voice I choose to hear next will determine how the rest of that evening could go. Right? So if I choose to listen, go ahead and make your points. Or if I say, you know, you know you were wrong, repent, and let's get, get on, you know, be better. Whatever I do, that voice will determine my future. What you listen to, if you listen to fear, it will be the thing that, that drives you home. It'll take you to the house, right? So living after that voice. John chapter 10, verse 1 through 4. says, truly, truly, I tell you, Whoever does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. Uh, my mom used to <laughs> quote this verse about when my sisters were dating. If he can't come to the front door, he's trying to steal something. Now, if he knocks, and we had a, at our house, we had a den, which was supposed to be the garage, but it was turned into a den, and then we had the front door. They were side by side. But if you knocked on that den door, they would look at you. They would be sitting there and wouldn't open it. It's not the front door. You coming in another way. So tell you little boys that if they come over here, they need to come through the front door. Why? Mama's big Bible was right there. That's what I thought. She's trying to scare kids. Crazy. Verse 2, but the one who enters by the gate, this is the good boy, is the shepherd of the sheep. 
The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. Amen? Stranger danger. Right? We're going to go elementary on y'all. When you hear something that don't sound like the Bible, you need to be screaming out, stranger danger. No devil, I ain't listening to that. Stra- I don't care if you laying down and you sleep by yourself. Stranger danger. Like, sometimes you're going to die. Stranger danger. You're like, go crazy with it. Nobody is cooler than this than third graders doing stranger danger. I got a stranger danger da- dance. I won't do it for y'all, but I do it for elementary kids. We'll get, and I get them so worked up, you can see the council like, no, it's my last seven minutes. We, we stranger dancing up in here. But sometimes we hear voices that we entertain, and they're strange according to what God's word has called for us. We should not be listening to strangers. So go ahead and do stranger danger. He said, in fact, they will flee from that from him because they do not recognize his voice. Okay? Now, now again, the way that would work was like all the shepherds, and, and, and they would all come to one spot and camp out there, and all their sheep would be out there all together, all mixed up, Right? And when one of the shepherds would get up to leave, he would call to his sheep, and only his sheep would come out of that group of thousands of sheep because they knew his voice. The only way the world's going to know we're serious is that we come from among them following God's voice. Isn't that crazy? Like, I guess it was like the Starbucks of the day where the shepherds just got together, hung out, and let their sheep hang out there. But one got up and go, let's go. And his sheep go, oh, that's us. And then only his sheep would move. And God has not called us to follow. If sheep can do it, that would freak me. I would just sit out there all day. Your turn. Call yours. Like, I want to know if your voice, is it high pitch? Is it low pitch? But, but God is saying there's a specific thing that he says to us that only he would say to us. And there's something the devil would say to us that God would never say to us. I mean, think about how many times you may have been told you're unqualified, you're not good enough, you're not, that's not God, that's not God, that's not Jesus. You're never going to be, that, that God doesn't speak like that. When God speaks, he says, no, my voice, don't, ch-. man, I don't know if you got to do it in person, in public, in your car, but start yelling stranger danger. You either get so embarrassed, you'll start obeying God, or you'll just start obeying God. Stranger Danger. You're going to die. Stranger danger. Bible says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Right? You, you got to have the voice of God. Got to know what he's saying. So live in there. So if we have too many voices, it means we have given options to things that don't deserve options. Right? Why did I get, why does that thing have an option? Of, why is that thing on my menu? Why is doubt and fear on my menu? Why is that one of the options? On my menu. You've given it too many options. It should even come up on your menu. Why is anger on my menu? Why is frustration on my why are those things on there? Don't give it those options. So voice identity, voice recognition must happen before they for before there can be any activity. So here's the most useless thing for our cell phone, right? Once the pandemic hit, face recognition. Got the mask on. That thing don't recognize you. Like, okay, then I got to pay the bill. Like, you can hold it up there. My, it never would come back. 
you have to punt you, most useless thing ever, right? And I think a lot of times we don't recognize what God wants to do because we're covered up. I know, I saw it, that's what I did last night when I was doing it on the video. <laughs> Hold on, Jesus, who you after? And he says it won't open up, it, it won't respond when you're covered up because it doesn't recognize us. So voice recognition, voice identity must happen before there can be any activity. If, we, if we'll step in and try our father's life or try to, to father our life, you know, he'll, he'll do that. No, I missed that sentence as a whole. And this is a violent sentence. So really, I need you to be really grown up right here. If we give our attention to a lie, we empower the lie, right? And we know the devil is the father of all liars. So he'll come in and try to father us if lying is our thing. Rick Pitino, before he made that huge mistake, <laughs> had a quote in his book, when you tell the truth, your mistakes become a part of your past. When you tell a lie, they become a part of your future. They'll be waiting on you down the road. Go, Rick. Go, Rick. So, I mean, even encouraging that, but the devil will try to father you as long as you're willing to believe a lie. That, I mean, that lie could be even about yourself. It could be something that you think that you're being humble by putting yourself down, and God didn't call you to be that kind. Of, that's humiliating. It's not humble. It's humiliating. When our hearing is preloaded, now you got to preload your hearing with God's word, Lies will lose their power in our lives, All right? So you need to preload with the word of God. Load up. Go ahead and load the obedience. Preload with the word of God. And then watch the lies will not have power over you. They won't be as strong as they once were because you're loaded with a defense, with something that God can be able to use you to get through. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. I got ahead of myself earlier, but... Here's the verse again. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. All of that is God. Beginning, word, with, was. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Right? So go ahead and get back to the word. And let your light so shine. Why can't people see me? I, I, listen, I, I truly believe that there's more that God wants us to be recognized for. But you will go unseen if you go without the word. It's impossible. I, 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 I mean, I, you know, I get up several hours before Pastor Rita. Because I know our room, I can walk in the dark in there. I can sidestep stuff. Right? But if I'm in... <laughs> This is not going to sound right at all. But if, if I was in a hotel and I don't know the room and I try to walk without light, I'm going to run into stuff. If your relationship with God has become something familiar and you only know these specific steps, you're not going to be able to grow. That's as deep as the room as you're going to go because you have to stay there. That's your safest spot. But in order to increase you and grow you to get us to reach out, that means we have to grow in his word. Because we're the light. We're the light. You're the light. You're the light of the world. The, the world needs to see us. The world needs to see us, us growing and, and operating in, in anything else other than hearing the voice of God will create more mess. 
Jesus' death on the cross connected us to eternity because he was always there from the beginning and knows exactly what we need to get through this life. So the Old Testament, good. The New Testament, good. Some things they had to do in the Old Testament that we no longer have to do anymore because of Jesus. He became the sacrifice. That means we don't have to go get goats and stuff to pay for our sins. And we don't have to shed blood because he shed his blood and he rose for us to be delivered. He, we no longer have to do those things. So that part was it, it was like there was a people and without Christ, you start sacrificing things rather than obeying God. And the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. Right? Let me turn to God. I, I want to keep it simple. I want to keep that word complete, but just at your feet. Do not let your mind run wild. Say, look, we know the voice of the good shepherd, voice of another we will not listen to. If stranger comes up, start screaming. I don't know what you got to do. I'm just telling you, that works for me. Me and the third graders, we know not to get in cars with people with candy. Stranger danger. Amen? Amen. Why don't you bow your heads? I want to pray over you. And we're going to load you up with obedience. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, Father, we just pray. We thank you that we receive divine acceptance of your will and your purpose in your word. We thank you, Lord God. We pray and plead the blood of Jesus over our ears, over our hearing. Lord God, that no death words, words of doubt, words of unbelief, words of fear. Lord God, they cannot pass over because the blood of Jesus is over our hearing over my sin, over, the, over my thought life, Lord God, that those, those uh, death-like thoughts will start to pass over. They can't stop here. We can't stay here. Must pass over. That, Father, that we'll begin to stand and believe and agree of your word, that, Lord, we load up, we preload our mind with the word. We preload our hearts with your will. And, Father God, we thank you that, Lord, that your voice is the only one we'll listen to. In the voice of another, we will not recognize it anymore. We've given our last award to the enemy, to the voice of the enemy. You will no longer be recognized or awarded into my life. Your options are out. I only hear the voice of God. And, Father, we just receive that. We receive the obedience in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. We love you guys. So it ain't Easter anymore, which means I got to make some more juice, all right? Uh, and so if you guys want to partake of that. Now, I will tell you this. I did make hummus, but I was in a rush because I was too lazy to do it last night. So I did everything this morning, and it's extra spicy. There's a mix-up. Yeah, yeah. Well, this one may. I thought I grew a hair when I tasted it this morning. It just was one. But it was hot. Uh, but, you know, and, and some of you guys may like that. But do, again, uh, just get out there. This one's, a, uh, I'm trying to think, watermelon, orange, carrots. It's a whole bunch of stuff in there. It's, it's red colored, so watch out for your clothes. But uh, I want you to just enjoy. Let me know what you think. And if you don't like it, you don't have to say anything. Uh, keep your opinion to yourself because I haven't quite got healed in my anger issues yet. And we don't need that to come out right after service, though. But that this one is supposed to be good, uh, good for sinuses uh, and pressure. It's supposed to be relieving that. And plus, I hear it tastes good. All right? So we'll do that. All right. We love you guys. You're dismissed.